What's going on, guys? This is Garrett. Hanging out with Alan on the way back from a camping trip right now. A lot of fun. We went to Indian Creek Trail, hiked up to the Eye of the Needle, came back down about halfway, and camped for the, for the, for the night. Slipped on our asses a couple times. Uh, between the two of us, we probably hit ass to rock at least five or six times. It was a lot of fun, though. Found a, a fun slide halfway down by accident through slipping, but ended up just taking it down and having fun rolling around with it. I guess a little backstory on me. Came to Arkansas after a, like an incident with a suicide and um, drugs. Was in the hospital for about a week on suicide watch. When I got out of the hospital, I was about 140 pounds, coming off of a methamphetamine um, binge, I guess. Uh, so got a detox from that as well. Super fun. Came to Arkansas, uh, just started working in coffee. Found a, a really awesome home in coffee and started a, a new chapter in life. Uh, for just improving myself and improving who I am. I'm now about 210 pounds, just after three and a half years of just force feeding. I'm getting ready to actually go back to Arizona, uh, where I came from, to be a part of my son's life. I uh, went through a divorce, uh, which was an interesting time, because we had just found out she was pregnant, but at the same time, uh, just like when things are toxic, things are toxic, you need to learn to, I guess, know what's right for yourself. Uh, it was really difficult for me because um, I'd always wanted to be a dad. And the day I got out of the hospital was the day I figured out that I was going to be a dad. Uh, but getting out of the hospital it was... I'd already made up my mind while I was in the hospital that I no longer could be a part of her life because we were toxic together. And so just being a better me meant being apart from her. And then I figured out that I was going to have a kid. And so I had to make the decision of whether or not I'm going to go through with my initial decision to leave her or if I'm going to change that based off of a child. And figured that no kid made a crappy relationship better. Uh, kids only make relationships harder. Uh, forced to grow through that. Uh, that's what I truly believe. And so I ended up just making sure that I was good for me and for my son uh, and going through the divorce the next day. Uh, so on paper, it looks kind of, it looks really bad, you know, it looks like I got out of the hospital, she said that she was pregnant, and then I just left. But after three years of court and constantly battling for rights and constantly trying to be a part of my son's life, I, I know that being out here in Arkansas is not a sustainable way of being a part of his life, and uh, I'm healthy physically and mentally now that I can be a part of his life closer to him. Uh, so I'll be making the trek back to Arizona here in actually a few days uh, on Thursday. Uh, so it's been a lot of time of reflecting uh, on my journey in the past three and a half years. Everything I've overcome, everything I've had to fight through. Uh, I'm excited to get back and start making progress towards a better life out there and being a part of my son's life. Uh, a little nerve-wracking because with being closer to him also means being closer to her. And I'm not really looking forward to that, but... Looking forward to being more more of a presence in my son's life in whatever capacity that looks like. So going from the 140 pounds, like in the hospital suicide watch, to 210 and force feeding yourself, like you're not fat by any means. Like what all what all did you do to improve that? 
Um, well, there was a lot of research online that I spent. Um, initially, it was just eating more food and just working out a lot. So I ended up just throwing myself to the gym, and the gym just became this great home for me. It was just kind of like a kind of like a childhood smell, you know, ever get that smell that, like, you just remind you of childhood, and that's what it was like being in the gym, and then just constantly eating, did a lot of research on what to eat, when to eat, how many carbs, tracked a lot, for a a solid year and a half, I did a lot of tracking, a lot of tracking of my food, uh, and that's where I put on the most amount of weight, but I would say that it gets really old really fast, and it's not really sustainable, unless there's, like, a goal you're working towards, and I'm not by any means ever going to step on a bodybuilding stage or a competition of any sorts physically. So um, tracking meals just doesn't make sense to me. I don't really want to track every meal that I eat. So, I mean, you can tell I work out, but you can also tell I don't say no to a beer or a cookie, you know. Just kind of just have a healthy balance of being in the gym and healthy and then just also whenever you want, just go out to the middle of the Indian Creek and hike tell you like sweat your body and weight out, you know, because by no means would I be able to do what we just did if I was like on, on prep for like a bodybuilding show, right, I'd be like, no, I need to have this calories at this time, I need to like, I can't expend this much energy because this much energy needs to be rested, I need to have like a full eight hours of sleep, I need to get like at least another a gallon and a half of water in, it would be, it would be undoable, it would be impossible to, to do that. So um, you just know yourself and yeah. diet intuitively? Yeah, just make sure I make conscious decisions. Uh, I want to say I'm on a diet. I just say that, like, over the course of the past three years, um, I have changed my habits into eating healthy food. When I go to the supermarket, I don't really ever go down aisles. I just stay on those walls, you know. I go, like, go find my vegetables, find my protein, and find some sort of carbs, um, and then just kind of head out. So when I meal prep for the week, it's usually always a little different, but... Um, there's always going to be something the same. You want to find a, a good a good lean protein source. Uh, you want to find your vegetables, which for a lot of the times that I did, uh, just doing frozen vegetables, everyone kind of underestimates those. You don't have to buy fresh vegetables, but getting vegetables in is really important. Uh, your macronutrients are just as important as your micronutrients, and a lot of people forget about that. Uh, I feel like when it comes to like eating healthy, they, they, they're like, oh, I eat right rice and chicken, and I'm good. It's like, you, I mean, those two are great carbs and like protein sources, but you need those micronutrients as well. So going through and just constantly eating food that I cook versus going out to eat, I feel has made just the biggest impact and also a great impact on my wallet too. Um, I've always had this kind of notion where you can eat whatever you want as long as you make it. So if you want to eat a, a chocolate cake, make a chocolate cake from scratch. Not, don't go buy a chocolate cake, pack it, and then make it like make it from scratch. And not only will you enjoy it more, you will also learn something about yourself and learn something about uh, the food that you work with every day. Uh, I, I love cooking. Cooking, I think, is like a ritual, and it's like it's a it's kind of spiritual when you think about preparing like the flesh of a dead animal on your kitchen every day, you know. Um, I think there's a big disconnect with the supermarkets nowadays that we don't kill the chicken, we don't pluck it, and we don't clean it, and open its guts up, and like wash it down, and then find that meat, and then throw it on our table, we just get to go out and buy the nice pre-packaged, pre-cut, pre-dead, pre-murdered meat, and just eat that, so I think there's like, we've definitely lost a little bit of the ritual of, you know, the campfire, and the, the slaughtering, and honestly, I think people should do it more, 
I want to say in Bolivia, they outlawed all fast food like, because they feel like food should be made with like love, so to speak, like more embodied energy of the people making it makes the food like more quality like you actually enjoy the food more because it's fresher because it's it's not you know it's ultra processed it's like straight to your table heck yeah yeah I mean for real I mean it's the difference between eating a, a piece of chicken that you cook fresh like and eat it right off the grill versus putting that off the grill into the refrigerator for a week and taking that out of the refrigerator the microwave in it and then eating that, you know, it's like, there's a disconnect, like, you can tell how many steps, you know, that, that just that alone makes a huge difference in the meat. Now, imagine if you had it, like, straight from slaughter. Oh, yeah. And I imagine I've killed deer myself and, like, cooked it, you know, fresh after, like, cleaning it up. Like, I've been in deer camp and, like, we kill a hog and everyone's, like, eating that hog, like, that day or for the breakfast the next morning and, like, I've killed turkeys and you know, wrapped them up in aluminum foil and bacon and put them straight onto the fryer after getting all the feathers out. And so it's like, I've, I've experienced that and I've thought about before how making my protein sources only be from food that I've like hunted myself or, right. you know, fish that I've caught. But I was like, man, that's just, it would be so hard to do. You'd almost have to have, live a full time, like hunting life right. to be able to feed your protein that's very true. Or raise chickens. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also an element where we miss uh, a huge part of Mother Nature taking care of us. You know? But without Mother Nature, we would not have the cows and the chickens and the pigs. And when you're there and you take that, you take that from Mother Nature, you kind of have much more respect for it like Into the Wild when, when he killed the moose uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read it, Into the Wild but it's a great book about uh, a young man who goes out to the wilderness on his own and survives in the wild uh, on his own and then dies great book though anyways there's a part in the book where he kills the moose he kills this moose to survive and ends up not taking care of it and cleaning it properly <clears throat> and that's one of his biggest regrets on that entire trip was taking that life because he became part of nature and became a part of mother nature and realized that he had taken one of his neighbors at that point life and uh, didn't get to like properly take care of it after death and he didn't he, he kind of wasted it and so he felt uh, just this big remorse from wasting it and it's like no one I don't think anyone has ever felt that when they throw away bad chicken no one's ever bought chicken left in the refrigerator for too long throw it away and be like man I feel so bad that I killed a chicken for no reason there's not like there's just a complete disconnect now, don't get me wrong I'm not trying to advocate veganism or, or vegetarianism at all like I eat a fuck ton of meat but I do think that it's important to like respect the meat that you do eat and like respect the earth and and be part of that so I think that we are part of the earth and well like you were saying earlier in camp that just, we're just so domesticated it's not even funny like we're apex predators and no one ever feels that way when they're in the middle of the forest they feel like they're like afraid of bears and they're afraid of everything else it's like no, like we're the top of the fucking food chain, right? But we don't carry that kind of energy, and even that guy not realizing that, like being top of the food chain. So, like, say you're any kind of lion or bear that are up there with us, you know, that they were to kill an animal, 
and they don't eat all of it, they leave any of it, well, they're not going to feel some, like, egotistical, domesticated remorse because they killed some animal and didn't use all, every bit of it. What they're going to see it, it as is, well, these other wolves are going to eat, the birds are going to eat, the worms are going to eat. Like, they're, they're still supplying all of the ecosystem. But if you allow yourself to get in some depressive state because you didn't, you know, eat the eyeballs out of the fucking moose that you killed, like, there were still useful things that had, were packed full of nutrients, but the guy was only looking at it from, like, one perspective through his, like, being grown up domesticated. I mean, he should have should have actually, like, experienced hunting for, like, a whole season before he ever decided to, like try to live off the land so to speak I feel like he made a lot of flaws absolutely from being like too smart for his own good kind of thing I mean for sure I I wouldn't say it's like a I guess I'm not trying to relate it to an egotistical side I'm just trying to relate it to more towards uh, uh, the Native American side of just like if you're like gonna kill something there there is something you can use to survive oh yeah with every part of that that kill you have to have grown up with that knowledge I mean he grew up from a domesticated, like, yes, very rich. bad if we don't do this and that. And, like, he didn't see it as, like, he's given back to all of nature. Like, it's the winter time. It's hard for everything to get food. And he kills a moose. And all these other animals are eating now. Well, and it's just the worms and the maggots. Because the, the meat went bad. Because he's trying to smoke the meat. Because he wanted to um, preserve it. But basically, just, like... Like the maggots and the worms with bad meat, and so yes, like he provided nature's other stuff. But a he didn't get to eat, and b he took the life of like a really big animal, and like uh, I, I can't remember if there was a, a, a baby moose there at all. I don't know. I just remember it being something that was unique to me. Like I'd never like experienced that before. It, it didn't make sense to me, and so I was just like, I also I also think it was maybe like. I don't know, just being one with Mother Nature. It's like you only kill when you have to. Right. And what you not, need to survive. Yeah, what you need to survive. And then I think, from my, my point of view, the way I thought he viewed it is that um, he killed it and and killed it unnecessarily. And excessively. Yeah. And so I mean, he could have just as easily killed a rabbit and had right. food for right now, you know. Something he could manage. He got selfish and wanted to have more meat stocked up. He ruined a lot of meat. I think that's where his remorse came from. Yeah. But it also, I didn't, I didn't, I honestly never thought of it being as like, like domesticated, like, oh, I'm so sad I killed a moose um, viewpoint. Uh, so I guess there's that view as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know, just, I feel like a, a lot of, coming from a city, I, uh, coming from Phoenix, Arizona, like, it's a really big metropolitan area, and there's just trash everywhere. And, like, whenever you come out into nature and you see trash, and you just kind of, like, get a little pissed off, because it's kind of like, man, just throw your water bottle away properly. Like, it doesn't take much. Just, like, take care of the planet. Like, I I feel like if people got out in nature more, they would respect nature more, and they would take care of their own house better because they would realize, what like, what a gift it is. I don't know. But it's hard to get people to go out into nature whenever they don't recognize that they are an apex predator and they don't know what it's like to hunter to live off the land and they don't understand that the things out in the wild are just as scared of them as you know they are of it so it's like 
people just don't realize that they can actually go out there and not get eaten by a bear and that the bugs that are out aren't really going to just give them malaria and Zika and like all these things that people are so afraid of. It's like, don't be a product of your fear. Like, don't let your fear ruin your life and your experiences and take away from like what all is like out there. Like, I, I saw a show called The River once and it's about the Amazon and the guy, it's like a show within a show and the guy who's in that show tells everyone you know, get out, like, there's magic out there, and to me, I've, I've always felt that to just be so real, it's like, there's a completely different, like, magical energy to being in Mother Nature, like, letting it, like, just wash over your body, and, like, make you feel, like, one with the entire universe again, instead of feeling, like, isolated alone, in your like apartment. a rat in a cage, yeah. and some, like, socio-science experiment to the government. Right. You know, we, if they can trap us in our rooms watching Netflix for eight hours a day, like, and then go to work for eight hours a day, I mean, technically they've kind of won. I mean, they have busy worker bees working on the economy and then going home and doing nothing. It's like Tyler Durden says in Fight Club, like, we're working jobs that we don't like to make money to buy things that we don't need to to impress impress people people we don't like and we just keep perpetuating that cycle instead of you know stepping outside of the box and you know not being afraid of going to live out in the wild and experience life you know as a kid that's what I wanted to do I wanted to be like I don't want to work I just want to go build a fort out in the woods and live off the land and hunt and fish all the time and live that way and my grandma was like well you know you'll have to pay taxes on that land right and I was like you've got to be kidding me right and she's like no like there's no way out of out of it like those are the two things that are certain is death and taxes and I'm like that's ridiculous and it just ruined my entire dream like there's no way to go live out in the land without either a having someone pay taxes for for you or B, you finding a way to make money to pay for the taxes in order to continue living the way you would desire to live. So it's like in that case, you might as well just work like everybody else. Right. Which is insane, too, to think about it. The government says, oh, you have land. You own that land outright. We still want some money for it. Like, what? It's like, I would be fine with not owning the land. Like, you can own the land. I just want to live in this area. You know, but then it's like you're taking it away from other people, so you have to pay for it. Yep. Definitely makes me want to be more like nomadic. Work on like the leaving no trace. Like you don't have to build a a settlement. You don't have to build a stone and like wood structure. You know, what if you lived out of a tent or out of a teepee and you just stayed, you know, as a vagabond? taxes but then you in order to survive you would be hunting and fishing outside of like seasons and without permits and no matter what like trying to live a life of of freedom you're going to be breaking laws but also like I don't know I just like when did the government tell us what we could and couldn't do when it comes to just surviving like fishing and hunting and stuff like I get why there's seasons but 
I don't know. I just think it's kind of ridiculous. Like, that never happened when, like, the Native Americans were around. That's because we weren't, we weren't, we weren't doing it for fun either back in the day. When Native Americans were doing it, we did it out of necessity and because we needed food. And now we do it for recreation. So there has to be, like, restrictions on it. Well, like you said earlier, the Native Americans had more respect for the animals. And, like, me talking about eating eyeballs, like, eyeballs have some of the most nutrients of, like, the animal. So, but as a domesticated being, we're like, oh, I wouldn't eat an eyeball. That's disgusting. But back then, you know, as soon as they killed the animal, that would probably have been the first thing they did, pluck out the eyeballs, eat the eyeballs. Every single bit of the animal is going to get used to something. Like, whether they use the, the skin or they use, like, its bladder to hold water. And people are like, well, I wouldn't want to drink out of some, you know, rabbit's piss sack. But it's like, you clean it all up and you know what you're doing. And now it's, you can walk around and you've got, like, a perfect nature-made water bottle. Like, right. They're not, they're not being useful as to every part of the animal. I mean... Now we go hunting and people like, cut a deer up and leave like all of its skeleton, like all of its bones. But back then they would have made bone broth soup and everything else, you know. Right. Also, like things that we think are disgusting would have been an honor or a delicacy. Like if you were gifted the heart to eat, like that would have been an honor. But like you tell someone that you're going to eat a, a deer heart, they'd be like, ah, oh, no, I would never eat that. But, like that was like an honor in like a lot of Native American cultures. Whereas, like, if you got to eat the heart of a deer in Native American culture and you're getting to take the spirit of that animal, you know, it's a completely different viewpoint that's, you know, supposed to be bettering you. And, and again, like, any organ food is going to be full of nutrients. And we toss a lot of that away because we're like, oh, I wouldn't eat that or people don't eat those things. Like, it's just about the backstrap. It's just about the hams. Like... They don't want to eat all of all of the animals that they kill. It's because we have that luxury. Especially when they're being killed on a factory line, you know, like I don't need to eat the organs of the stuff that has weird textures or weird flavors that I'm not used to. They don't need to skin the animal and take care of its hide in order to be able to make clothing or make shelter or make toys for their children. Like nowadays we can just go buy any of those things, you know, or consume. Buy, plastic, buy the plastic toys. Right. Buy the plastic action figures that our kids are gonna use for a year. We're gonna throw away and put into a landfill. Yeah, like I was in San Francisco and my uh some one of my friends was like, Hey, do you wanna go in the souvenir shop and like get some toys for your kids or something? And I was like, Man, I'll get them those toys and they'll play with them for five minutes. I would much rather just sit down and hang out with them for five minutes than I would, like, buy them some toy that is just a waste of space. Like, it's going to get thrown away or not paid attention to or find its way into a landfill at some point. Right. It's kind of crazy. Think about the amount of shit that we buy to throw away. I recently went through a... Uh, purging phase, I'd say, of my life of, like, just getting down and minimalistic, because I realized that, like, I had so much fucking clothes that they was, like, consuming my life with the amount of clothes that I had. I was like, I don't need these clothes. I haven't worn these clothes in a year. So I just went out, donated them, and then I was like, that kind of, like, triggered a, like, a whole process of just getting rid of things that I just don't 
care about my life. Uh, I can't remember what, but I think it was called the minimalist, but it's kind of like you just look at something in, in, in your life and say, does this make me happy? Does this item make me happy? If the answer is no, just donate it. Just get rid of it. And now, like, my whole life fits into, like, basically six boxes. I'm moving to Arizona, and, like, I have two boxes of clothes. I have uh, some, gear, like, my paintball gear bag, my hiking gear bag, some bowling balls, some golf clubs, some things that, like, I enjoy doing with friends and family that I'm keeping. And then just my furniture, and that's it. Get, like, your pots and pans and necessities, a few forks, a few blades, not a whole lot to it for me. Especially, I mean, I'm a single dude living out in an apartment, but I just don't need everything that, like, I used to feel that I needed. And, like, having less is just so much easier to, like, A, take care of. So when I take care of it, it's, like, less work at home. My apartment stays cleaner. Makes me feel more productive, even though I'm, like, not really more productive, but, like, whenever you have a dirty apartment, you just feel less productive. You know, you, like, you feel like you're being clogged down or weighed down, at least for me personally. So when I don't have as much crap, I'm able to take care of it a lot easier and feel unencumbered by uh, that weight. And it kind of like, you know, an object in motion stays in motion, you know, it just keeps keeps perpetuating the cycle of hard work and dedication and it's like pushing yourself to the next, the next day. Because, you know, after you work for eight hours, you go to the gym, you come home, you unpack your gym bag, you cook, you eat. You pack your bag the next day, you got like a half hour by yourself, go to bed, wake up and do it all over again. People are like, wow, your life is like basically like a routine. And you're like, yeah, it is a routine, but that's because that in, within that routine, I'm achieving something that I want to achieve. I'm putting forth a daily effort every single day and sacrificing my, you know, two and a half hours, which I could be watching TV or spending time with my dog or friends anything else and I'm putting it towards myself and trying to improve myself and uh, keep pushing forward to that and so even though it's just like this daily routine it's a routine of consistent progression and I'm always trying to push it to the next level in the gym and so kind of my whole day is focused around how my gym performance of like water intake uh, when my last meal was and how many like I have like a lot of carbs or a lot of, like a lot of protein. I'm making sure I get everything in. So even though I only have about a half hour of the day to myself, it's well worth it in the long run of I'm happier. I enjoy what I'm doing every day. And I'm constantly improving that. And it's something that's really important for anyone and it could it doesn't have to be like the gym. It could be uh, a single sport that you enjoy playing it could be bowling. I mean, I used to bowl a lot. If you just go to the bowling alley and just bowl for however long you want to bowl for, just constantly improve on that, or archery, or golf, or just find something that like makes you tick, and then just do that every day. And then I think that if people would do that more, they would find more of a motivation for the next day. Like I don't hate or dread going to work. Work is just something that is just a part of my day. I don't. I mean, there are always not fun things about work, but it's not like this massive like weight on my shoulders of like I'm dreading the next eight hours of the day. But you like what you do too. Like you compete in like latte art competitions. I mean, yes, I do. I do really enjoy what I do. 
Well, I always say I enjoy coffee. I don't know if I enjoy management, but I do enjoy coffee. Besides being in management, I, I have gotten a little worn down. Um, of going through the motions of coffee. Uh, for those of you guys that know, I, I manage uh, a shop called Onyx Coffee Lab uh, here in Fayetteville. And um, I've been doing coffee for about three years. I think I already talked about coffee now. But I, I am a manager of that shop now. And since becoming manager about a year and eight months ago, um, it's just been a, a, a big wear. It's a, it's a lot of a lot of work, a lot of responsibility, and um, there's no one that's going to give you a pat on the back at the end of the day, uh, which is not why I did it. Um, but for me, it just constantly taking care of other people that I feel could take care of themselves does, does wear down on you. No, I, I experienced that. I've been a general manager of a restaurant since I was 19 and I'm about to be 32 so yeah, I don't know how you I've, do that dude I've gone through all the ups and downs of motivation and it definitely took like finding you know a daily routine and figuring out how to not waste my time anymore because like you said like I mean now I have you know 30-45 minutes a day that's free to myself but before I would find ways to have like hours of the day and if I wasn't hiking or something, I would be, like, just binge-watching television shows or smoking all kinds of weed or, like, trying to go out to eat in different places and, like, just literally, like, wasting my life away. And it took me, like, realizing, like, dude, this is a waste of life. Like, life and our time is, like, our most valuable commodity. We only get this one life. We only have a certain amount of time in each day. Like, what am I doing to maximize my time on a daily basis for my own personal improvement, for things that make me happy? Whenever I, like, sat down and thought that out, I was like, wow, like, I have literally, like, given up, like, whole years of my life that are just meaningless. Like, have they really grown me as a person at all, aside from, like, learning, like, the shit that I don't want to waste my time on anymore? Like, I don't, I don't want to sit down and just, like, watch TV, and I used to consume content like crazy, like, I would just be, like, watching every movie when it would come out, I'd want to see all the movies, I wanted to know all about it, I want that way if somebody wanted to talk about something I could know, or some new music album came out, I wanted to make sure I, like, listened to it first, and I memorized all the words, so if I, like, went to a club and the song came on, I could rap all the fucking words, like... And now it's just like, somebody's like, oh, did you hear this? Or did you hear that? Or did you see this? And I'm like, nah, man, I, I just don't have time for that. And then I went to like, well, if I'm not consuming new content, I got to start listening to all my old shit, watching my old shit. And then that got boring because it's like I've seen this all a million times. It's even more of a waste of time. Right. So then now it's like, okay, like what can I listen to that's positive or like make me better? Or like what can I do to like you know, add to content in order to where people aren't getting stuck in these same fucking retarded cycles that are wasting their life away. And so I'll, I'll listen to podcasts or I'll watch inspirational type videos or motivation or, but it's always in like little short bites, like, you know, one minute, minute 30 or, you know, at most like five minutes or something. Like I can't stand giving, giving more than like five to 10 minutes of my time for something that's not really beneficial in any way. Yeah. I can definitely vibe with that. Uh, especially in the first year, I think 
the only thing on my YouTube was inspirational videos. Um, and I probably reread that quote from Rocky Six a uh, hundred times a day. Uh, the quote uh, is... I'm going to paraphrase it, because even though I read it a thousand times a day, I did not memorize it. Um, ain't nobody going to hit as hard as life. Not you or me or anyone. Uh, and life will get beat to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. And it's up to you to basically fight back. Like, doesn't matter who you are. And so, I guess in summary, it doesn't matter who you are. Life's going to beat you. And it's going to just keep you there. It's going to keep beating you. It's not a, winning is winning life is not about how hard you can hit life. It's about how hard you can let life hit you and still take the punches and stand up and, and hit back. Still move forward. Yeah. That's how winning's done. That that quote. It's a uh, I know I know it's like because Sylvester Stallone's the one saying it, it, it comes across really cheesy. Uh, but honestly, if you just read that quote and just read those words, like it's don't do it in his voice. Just do it in your own voice. <laughs> But man, if you if you read the history of Sylvester Stallone, like, dude, dude's like living what he's speaking. I mean, oh yeah, yeah his, his his first like making the first Rocky period is just such an inspiration. Like, yes, it's insane. But it, his voice does throw it off. Yeah, negate <laughs> negate a lot of fuck yeah moments. <laughs> but I mean, he's seventy something years old and still does headbanger fucking. Like pull-ups. Yeah. I mean, dude's a beast. He is a beast. I can only like hope to inspire to be like Rocky is one day, you know. It would be it would be quite the feat. I mean, that dude from day one, I mean, pushed himself to the limit. Both in acting and physical like fitness, you know. Just a, a lot of uh, a lot of naysayers in that guy's life. They you know, like push through. Like Cat Williams says, I mean, everybody's gotta gotta have some haters. If you don't have haters, then you're doing something wrong. Right. Someone's gotta. I mean, there's no way you're gonna do anything on this earth that 100 percent of the people in this world agree with. Every action, every major step you make in this life, you're going to have people that agree with it, people that disagree with it, and just those numbers are going to change. And if for some reason you're doing things and everyone agrees with it, I mean, that you're doing something wrong. There's a good possibility you're not agreeing with everything that you're doing because you're so worried about making everybody else happy. Right. I mean, in this generation, it's so easy to offend people to understand, like, not wanting to, like, do anyone else harm. At the same time, you have to kind of gauge if you're actually doing them harm. And, like, is making someone temporarily uncomfortable slash upset doing them harm? And, you know, you have to kind of, like, define what harm is. But I think in this generation, we've defined harm as making someone feel something that they don't want to feel. And I think that's completely irrational, personally. I cannot control what people feel. And the idea that I can control what people feel is slightly insane. I mean, you can incept a thought into their head, so to speak. Like you can raise awareness for something that they wouldn't have thought about, you know, on their own. But then how they choose to feel about that, like their emotional state is, is their choice. 
Right. Like, I feel doing, I mean, if you're doing something on purpose that you know is a painful memory or prying on something that you, like, information that you know that is hurtful emotionally, then, then you're just being a dick. Uh, and there's no reason to do that. But I'm saying, if, by me living my life, eating meat offends a vegan, then I can't, I can't really control that. Like, I'm, I'm not doing any harm to that vegan by eating meat. Uh, I know that I am killing animals, but, uh, I guess I've, I've found my own rationalization and my own reasons for it. And think that, 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 that course of action is the best course of action for me, and therefore I wouldn't do it. But by that alone, some people will actually get offended, and I, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 like, I should not be in control of that person's thoughts. Like, that's just not a good... They're letting something that someone else is doing get to them. And it's kind of hard to explain, but just like... I don't really know. I think it's people getting mad at other people because of like their own like inner disgust with themselves if they did that. So a vegan's going to be mad at you for eating meat because they would be mad at themselves for eating meat. It's not that you're eating meat's a problem. Like they don't think that people should eat meat. So in their belief system, then if they were eating meat, they would be mad. So it makes them retaliate towards others. Just like if we go to the gym and we work out really hard and we think like, okay, this is what it takes and then you go to the gym with somebody and they're not working out like hard at all or they're wanting to hit the treadmills they're not really like they're like oh I went to the gym it's like almost disgusting it's like be fucking serious like it almost makes you mad because you know that if you were going to the gym with that kind of half-ass effort it would piss you off with yourself that you're giving a half-ass effort right and it's like what, like what are you stupid like you don't recognize like what you got to do to like win and to like them like their winning is just different like you win by taking care of all the animals on the earth by not eating them and so if we're not doing that then we're just being like stupid and so it's like their own retaliation their own hatred is a it's an inner reflection of their belief system and i think that's why we people get offended just because they're not recognizing that what problem they really have is just a problem that they would have with themselves and they're trying to like forecast that onto other people. Makes sense. I really thought about like that before. Wanting to hold people to like their own standards and then be like, well if you don't reach my standards of what I think is acceptable for me, well then you're not good enough for me. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Like I'm fine yeah. with not being good enough for you. Especially if you're gonna judge me based on something that you know is your internal belief system like it's cool for you to you know believe things for you but it's not cool for you to push your beliefs onto others no matter what those are I, I agree it's like you can speak your truth and like share your voice but people still have like the opinion as to whether or not they accept any of that or not right and if someone doesn't accept what it is that you're saying like it may just not resonate as truth to them it doesn't mean that you're a liar or that your view of reality is wrong. Like, we're going to all view things from a different perspective. And that's what makes, you know, life great. Because we learn more from, you know, listening to other people. Right. Like, hearing my viewpoint of end of the wilds, you know, moose killing scenario versus your viewpoint. Right. And if we 
have people hit us up with feedback on their viewpoints and just it increases all understanding but if you close your mind off and say it's you know this way or else well then you're really only doing damage to yourself more so than what you're doing to anyone else right just being just looking at your fruit basket like like everyone's looking at a fruit basket at different points of view in the room and maybe you're looking at like some pineapples and some bananas and someone on the other side is looking at you know apples and oranges and you're sitting there saying this fruit basket is filled with tropical fruit and they're like no this is not tropical fruit this is you know like oranges and and apples Uh, and then you can get a debate about that if you're closed off to the other side and don't think that oh maybe there's a possibility that the thing looks different on the other side then you're just being a dick right and they think you just you get all ang- people get all angry about it They're like no it's this way like no it's that way and then you're like okay flip the basket around and then other people feel it and, like they see your perspective and they just feel like super stupid right and then some people are just gonna have like this negative ass attitude where even whenever they're proved wrong and they see that you were right about your perspective they're like well I, it was still i was right on my side it's like no fucking shit like good right. job for you like you need a cookie a pat on the back like oh yeah i'd rather just be like what you got over there oh you got apples and oranges oh hell yeah no i got i got some i got some banana i got some bananas and some pineapples that's what i got over here hey tradesies bro you want to dude you want to have my pineapple right dude try this shit try this shit right here oh, i'm not much of a pineapple person okay that's fine chill what about hey, more, hey more for me bro right I don't know, just like, you don't have to argue about shit. Just let it be. Fuck yeah. I'm all about it. But anyway, we're getting close to the house. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, one love.